Do you want to become a better songwriter? Well, we created a very simple 10-minute songwriter personality test, and it's going to help you better understand who you are as a writer, and it's going to help you in the writer's room when you're writing with other writers, because you're going to be able to identify what kind of writer they are, maybe even have them take the songwriter personality test. If you're curious and you want to take the songwriter personality test today, just visit songwriterpersonalitytest.com or go to the link on the writingworship.co website. Brave Worship, episode 23. You're listening to the Brave Worship podcast with Chrissy Nordhoff and Mary Beth Dodd. Brave Worship is all about encouraging women to write, lead, and live worship. We just we just had a podcast mishap, but we're okay now, we right? Did, Mary? We got the producer in, and he took care of things. So. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Eric. It was recording on. He said the girls are in power now. He means it a little bit. Yeah, we got this. How yeah. is everybody? I know. How are you all? We haven't seen you guys for a while. Brave besties. I know. You're listening, you're a bestie. We need to do a brave. Bestie coffee for a reunion. Yeah. Sometime let's do soon. That. We'll do it. Okay. Watch our Facebook page. If you don't you watch never know. the Facebook page, you're never going to know. You aren't going to know. Maybe we should go live today after this. Maybe we will. We might have to do that. Maybe no one's going to know. We are drinking. We're drinking coffee right now. My coffee is kind of not tasting so great. It's today. not good. <laughs> that always sets me up for a terrible day. It's, it does not taste good. It tastes like water. Ew. I know. And I don't even like plain almond milk. And that's what's in it. That's the problem. <laughs> and stevia. That's it. That would send me in a tailspin. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if I'm quite in a tailspin, but I really don't want to drink anything else out of that mug. Ew. It's just hot. That's the only reason why I like it right now. I think it just makes me feel like my day's slowing down. Like it's like a minute, like a pause. Yeah. That's why I love about coffee. But I if I have bad coffee in the morning, it's a sailor. I kinda have to have better later. Yeah. Sailor. Sailor. Oh coffee is a sailor. Okay, this is a tangent, but I gotta tell you something now okay. that you said that. I was thinking about um in worship this weekend mm-hmm. how there's those moments spaced mm-hmm. throughout worship. Right? Yeah. And it's like just a minute or two where your mind doesn't have to race in other places. Like it's just in one spot. Yeah. And this is kind of strange, but I had a friend who um, not too long ago, I was telling her how I've been so busy that I feel like my brain is like misfiring. Like I feel like it's like I can't keep stuff straight sometimes, right? Like yeah. it all overlaps and like my memory's not great. And um, she was like, you know what you have to do for five minutes a day? You have to sit and think about nothing. I was like, what? How do you do that? She's like, yeah, you have to like sit there and just if thoughts come, watch them like they're a cloud floating by and it actually helps to reset your brain. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? But then I was thinking about it in worship and thinking that's what those moments are. Like that's what's so important about worship mm-hmm. and corporate worship it's because you just can't. Yeah, it's those moments. It's that. Uh, that's what God meant, you know? Yeah. Selah. Selah. Well, we had some really cool worship times in Scotland. So I want oh, to share in Scotland. A bit about Did we? The worship time, because that's what it was. It was it was probably the most pure worship I've ever been in. And I just wake up every morning missing it. 
to tell you the truth. So tell everybody just like why Scotland, like give them just a little bit of what that was about. Yeah. So um, we have some good friends, Jill and Andrew, that did they come on our podcast or not? We yeah. Never, they've oh, been on did? here. We did a Scotland one. Scotland? Scotland. Okay. <laughs> so you guys met them from the Scotland podcast. Oh, thank you. And um, so they have a castle and I just have had this stirring that, man, wouldn't it be awesome to get some writers over there and have some time to write? And then um, around the time I was, that was just kind of starting to stir, um, Ray Hughes came to town and was speaking on worship at Grace Center Church here in town. And as he was speaking, he was incorporating all this history about revival and reformation and all these, the history of Nashville and how it was tied to the history of Scotland and Ireland so in weird. great ways and how they used to be connected before the continental divide. Like they'll, they measure and test land, you know, the components of the dirt and it's literally the same. Oh, that's how they knew. Mm-hmm. Wow. So anyways, um, it just was really crazy timing, but Jill and Andrew were here. We went to a Ray Hughes night they met, they've really connected, um, before, even before we all went over, they'd connected over there, um, and had spent a lot of time together, but, um, but then it just all worked where Ray and Denise were already doing, uh, historic and revival tours in Scotland. So we had a conversation with them and said, Hey, what if we bring our writers and we learn about the land, we learn about the song, we learn about the history, about the revival, and then we land at the castle and write for a few days. So that's what we did. Um, but I think some of our most powerful time was the time we spent in the beacon room at the castle. It's a little tiny room that they use for prayer and intercession. And um, the worship, we just, we would finish, you know, we kind of sang through the songs that were written that day. And we got to the end. And I just asked Ray if he wouldn't mind just playing a chord progression and just let everybody sing. And, um, you know, sometimes I've had, we've had that in worship services where they're like, sing a new song, you know, and just, um, whatever's on your heart. And people will be like, Hallelujah. <laughs> really quiet. You know what I mean? Ooh, yeah. yeah. But I'm telling you, like nobody held back. Everybody filled up the entire room with worship. And it was, you know, one key, but all different songs. And it really reminded me of a book I read. I think it was One Minute After You Die, maybe. Um, I'm not sure if that's the right title or not. But anyways, the guy's story was he was in a horrible car crash, went to heaven, and then came back, you know. Um, but while he was in heaven, he said... He, well, he said the thing he missed most about heaven was the music, but that's exactly how he said it was. He said it was all different songs and hymns and stuff, all in the same key at the same time, but it didn't sound chaotic. It was just like full and pure and, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's partly, you know, it helped knowing each other's hearts in an intimate way by the end of that time. But it felt like pure worship and it felt like church, you know? Um, so anyways, I'll never forget that sound. Mm. The sound of um, 20 plus voices in a small room just literally all 
praising as loud as they could, you know? Yeah. Um, so anyways, that was one of my highlights. That's so cool. I know that from what I've learned about mm-hmm. like kind of the ancient church, the early yeah. days church, it was a lot of um, individuals bringing something, bringing, coming up and saying something, yeah. reading a verse, singing something. Like it was a lot more collaborative than today's like everybody sit and one person gets up and talks. Right. And then, you know, like it was so much more expressive of right. the individual and their relationship with God, but in the same place at the yeah. same time, which is cool. And a smaller setting. So that setting, sounds like what it was. Yeah. You can kind of do that. Yep. Um, but Ray was talking to us about the Celtic church and what it looked like. And at the end of our writing times, I was walking down the road with him and he said, you know what this is that you're doing? You girls, this is a Celtic church. Like this is, it is, it's a fellowship, but don't put a name on it because as soon as you start naming it things, you know, it kind of changes. Hearts change a little bit. So no one knows that. But but even in that time, it's almost like, um, you know, we're talking about Selah, but it's almost like if you follow the pattern of um, the Holy Spirit that he lays out, it's like breathing. It, it is. It's like there'll be a big, loud outburst of worship, and then it'll it'll scale back, and it'll be soft again for a minute, and then it'll kind of go back up. Like you know? waves. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. It's like kind of like breathing. And then everyone just knows when it's supposed to end, you know? Wow. It's crazy. Yeah. Now, I don't know that you could do that on a large scale. I don't know if you could do that in a church of 800 people. I don't know. Because inevitably, you know, there's that one person. <laughs> it's like, oh, I didn't listen want to, to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean that would ruin it, really. Yeah, you know, like solo opportunity, and yes. that's not what it is. There was none of that when we were all together. There was no, like, I'm going to take this opportunity for myself. Kind of suddenly, really. there's so many memories flashing through my mind. <laughs> Oh, no. So if you're listening, that is not the moment to get your solo. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, that's cool. And I think when everybody's heart is in the same place, I think that yeah. makes a really big difference. Right. You know, because you guys didn't have anything to prove. You know, I mean, I was no. in the room, but that's what I'm assuming. It wasn't like yeah. you're like, oh, you're a little loud, so-and-so. Like, it was just like, no way. Everybody's no worshiping. Cared. Yeah. You're not holding anything back, but you're also not like, you're not thinking about other people and what they're hearing. You're just worshiping. Right. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's super cool. So um, the other thing I wanted to share about Scotland, if I can really quick. Please. Um, was the story of our um, ancestor, which was crazy. This is crazy. So I went over there with kind of our genealogy, right? Because our brother um, had somebody do genealogy for him. Mm-hmm. And so I had these different pieces. Well, I had, I think, four maybe lines that ran through Scotland and that that ended and that I couldn't go back any farther. So I thought, well, I'm going to bring them over with me and maybe we'll get to go to the library and, you know, because they said they did that and help us figure out where it goes from there. We never ended up going to the library, but the Lord showed me in another way. Um, So... When we were in downtown Edinburgh, it was our first day, 
And um, Ray was sharing with us about the Covenanters. And they were um, a group of people that basically agreed together that Jesus was king and they weren't going to bow down to what the other um, laws of the land were, basically. And it was kind of the start of the Reformation. Um, A lot of people have probably heard of that. And John Knox originally led the Covenanters. And so we went to this church and we saw where they signed it. We saw the actual covenant from the 1600s on the wall. We um, saw this mass grave in the graveyard of a hundred of them because they killed them on the street in front of everyone in the grass market. And um, while we were, let's see, I'm trying to remember the right order. I think we were first on the street. And when we were on the street, he was talking about one named James Guthrie. Now, one of my names on my list from the 1800s was James Guthrie. But that couldn't have been the same guy. Couldn't have been the same guy because they were two, it was 200 years or 150 years apart or whatever. So um, anyways, I'm thinking about that in the back of my head. But sure enough, James Guthrie led the Covenanters after John Knox died. And um, they talked all about James Guthrie and um, what he stood for. He was a pastor and um, he literally... um, he served the king, but then obviously had some issues with part of the religious laws of the land and stood against it and ultimately paid paid the highest price, which was his life. And um, I saw the spot where he was martyred. I saw the spot where his name was written, you know, on the memorial there downtown. And and then we went to this church where I, where I was mentioning before we saw the covenant signed and There was the mass grave, which he's in there, in that grave, that James Guthrie. And on the headstone, it says, um, names of Jesus in bold, like Lamb, King, Jesus. And it was on purpose to make a statement, you know, that this is who they were serving. And we were walking out of the cemetery, and my friend Lisa said to me, isn't that weird? Did you notice those names in bold are all in your song, Your Great Name? Whoa. And I was like, yeah. Um, I did, I know, I did notice it, like it ran through my head and, um, she said, that'd be so weird if you're related to that guy. So that night we were given freedom to go pray wherever we wanted to in that town for the city of Edinburgh. So I felt drawn to go back to that very spot where I had seen that, you know, he had been martyred. My heart was really drawn back to that spot and I couldn't even express why, but I went back to where James Guthrie was martyred. And just stood by myself and saying your great name out loud. It just felt like, you know, he, his life was a proclamation and it, it ended and it, in honor of that, of what he did and what he stood for, I wanted to contribute, you know, wanted to help him finish his legacy. So, um, as soon as we got to the words, your great name, as soon as I got to that, my friend Amber was videoing, um, there was this horrible demonic scream from over in the corner of the street. And there was basically a City of the Dead tour going on. And they were sort of, it looked like doing a seance or something. Oh, my gosh. Um, But it was really in contrast to what was happening on, you know, a few feet away in the spot where this man had been martyred for giving his life for Christ. And um, so we have all that on video. It was just weird timing and just spiritually there's a battle still going on in that city. So um, 
we go past that day and I, I still was thinking, hey, I guess if they would have been able to figure out the genealogy, it would be on my list, right? Like surely they Googled it and went as far back as they could. Just put it in the back of my mind. Well, we got to Sterling, which is another town near the end of our tour. And Ray said to me at dinner that night, there wasn't a William Guthrie in your line, was there? And I said, well, I don't know. Maybe I'll have to go see if I can find anything. So that night I went back to my room and um, Googled and within three clicks, I found exactly our James Guthrie, um, who is the son of Samuel Guthrie, who was the son of William Guthrie, who was the son of James Guthrie, the martyr. So it was our grandfather, but we had just gotten as far back as his great grandson. So um, the next day, um, I got to go visit Ray, helped take us down to this chapel that he built. And um, it was just a holy moment. There was no other words to describe it. But looking at, you know, this chapel built in the 1600s from your grandfather that you've never met, but you can feel his legacy living inside of you. It's a crazy thing. So I asked if I could sing your great name on their piano in there. So I did. And, um, and then we had just enough time to run over to the cemetery at Sterling Castle, um, where there's a memorial of him in the center. He's not buried there, but there's a memorial to him. It's a statue and he's holding a Bible with his finger, um, in a, you know, a certain place in the Bible, like it's open. He's Mm. holding it to a certain page. Wow. And, um, so I was running, there's a flower shop. I grabbed some little poppies and, um, we brought them and put them on the gravestone just to honor him for what he did. And, um, it's crazy. I mean, there's more connections and more things that have happened, but, um, but it leaves me feeling like, I felt a little bit like no wonder, like, I think I told you a year ago, I think we have some spiritual heritage that we know nothing about. You remember that? Yeah. And I don't know. I feels like the Lord allowed me to find of all of our relatives that we could find, like that was the one, you know, he wanted us to know. And, um, that's crazy. Cause how would you end up in that place at that I know. time? And yeah, information we never should have had because I mean, the people that did the genealogy, it was really pretty thorough. Yeah, lots of detail about lots of people. Right. So that's incredible. Yeah. So who's the life changing thing? And I think about, you know, just the fact that a lady that mentors me kind of call she she will say you're the tip of the spear. And I don't always like being that person like the person that will um, kind of say something (laughs) bring truth when it's not comfortable yeah Yeah. I don't love being that person you know but that helped me to understand a little bit more oh like maybe that's just in my blood like maybe that's just part of who I am and part of that blessing that lasts through a thousand generations because a covenanter means what something wasn't it something about truth oh um the name Guthrie oh Guthrie um their motto their clan motto is we stand for truth. Okay. And Guthrie means a gust like of wind and it means a strong loud voice. Wow. That's what we have to be now, Mary. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> On it. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. It's crazy. 
It is crazy. And just what a, what a journey to get to that, you know, like you probably yeah. never thought you would have come away with that Mm-mm. from that trip. And, no. and yet still, there's so much that's still to come. There's so many songs you guys wrote and yeah. how, there were 13, 17, 17, 17 mm-hmm. girls that are associated with brave and the girls right out. And, um, mm. that just went and wrote and how cool. Yeah. And that wasn't the only story. I mean, there were several people that came back with stories like that, you know? That's so cool. So that's just mine. Um, but we will be doing an online um, writer's night. If you want to get tickets, it's going to be $25 for two. An online writer's night? Uh-huh. What does that mean? It means we're going to take all of our 17 songs that we wrote in Scotland. We're going to probably narrow them down a little bit. Um I'm thinking we'll probably do nine or 12 and a couple poems. There was one hubby that came with us, but he wrote some incredible poetry while we were writing songs. Cool. And so um, we're going to put him in there and we're hoping to have Ray and Denise come up too and possibly Jill and Andrew. So we're going to all combine here locally, but we'll broadcast it live. So um, we'll just do a writer's night in the round and um, showcase the songs that came out of that time. Cool. I don't know when yet, but we'll post it on Brave Facebook page. So again, if you're paying attention, <laughs> stay plugged in because you never know what you might miss. That's right. FOMO. Yep. I love it. Well, I'm sure we're going to get lots of questions about when the next trip is and what we got coming up. So hopefully yeah. we'll have some stuff to announce at some point. And yeah, we we really felt a kindred spirit there in Scotland. So I wouldn't doubt that we'll be going back. So you better get ready because you're yeah. coming with us this time. Yes. Some people listening right now are going to be like, I am going. Yeah. And they'll be there. Let us know if it's you. Yeah, absolutely. So I there love we it. have it. Well, Sail. and I think we'll have more, more stories, you know, we can feature about this because it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Kind of a big trip and experience. And I would love to interview some more of the girls and get their stories. Yeah, absolutely. So get ready for more Scotland, y'all. Get ready. Say la. Say la. Case say la, say la. <laughs> say la's in Scotland. Say la's in Scotland. I love it. Well, thank you guys for joining us and have a great week. Have a great week. Make sure you connect with us on Facebook at Brave Worship. You've been listening to the Brave Worship Podcast with Dove Award winning songwriter Chrissy Nordhoff and worship leader and music pastor Mary Beth Dodd. Visit braveworship.com forward slash free song and sign up for the email list to get updates on all the latest Brave Worship events, conferences, and retreats. Plus, get free songs to use in your next worship service, complete with chord chart and track. Also, find out how you can join Chrissy and Mary Beth in person at the next Brave Worship Conference. Simply visit braveworship.com forward slash conference to learn more. The times I've grown most as a songwriter are the times I've had mentors showing me the way. If you're looking to grow as a songwriter, we're now accepting applications for our Worship Songwriter Mentorship. Now, it's available only a few times each year. The Worship Songwriter Mentorship is a songwriting intensive that will help you craft impactful worship songs. It's a course created by Dove Award-winning and Grammy-nominated, drumroll here please, (laughs) our founder, pro songwriter Chrissy Nordoff. 
It's a small group community, and it's led by other songwriters over the course of nine weeks. It's an intensive course and a small group co-writing environment, and that means you'll be added to a special group of about 12 writers, give or take. Each group is led by experienced songwriters, some of them my dear, dear friends, and I've even gotten to lead a group or two. Rachel here, by the way. We love the church, and we love to champion fellow worship songwriters just like yourself. In this mentorship, you'll learn how to write songs for you and your congregation. You'll go deeper in your intimacy with Jesus. You'll get the tools needed to help craft songs more easily and never run out of creative ideas. Okay, I know it sounds too good to be true, but trust me, this course is a game changer. You'll learn how to leverage your unique songwriting personality and connect with other like-minded writers in a meaningful way. Truly, I can't think of another course, group of people, community that has impacted my songwriting the way that this mentorship has. If you're wanting to take the next steps in your songwriting journey, then apply now at the link in our show notes. We hope to see you there.